Welcome to Golden Point Sports, your number one sports talk podcast. Now for your host, two guys who are killing the dad bod look, living out their faith, and talking sports, Robert Foster and Brad Winter. On today's episode, Brad and I are joined by the USA Junior Olympic Softball Commissioner of Louisiana, Mr. Dakota Hill. Dakota, first and foremost, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. A little stormy outside. Looks like it's going around us, thankfully, but otherwise pretty good. It actually stormed here a little bit, too. Uh, I'm in Tennessee, uh, so I'm not too, too far from Louisiana. Uh, Made that trip down to Louisiana about your area a couple of times so I've not been I've not made that trip as much as Brad I'm sure but still uh so if I can I, ship the storms up that way I will I promise you can have them I, I mean well we like I said we've had a couple here uh it's more of just like a little shower though you know just kind of came and you know just hit and and it's gone you know just it's summertime so it's just what happens yeah especially in Tennessee um all right so first and foremost we have a fun question to start out uh, how do you like your steak cooked? Medium, all the way. Okay. All right. I'm actually a medium well guy. Um, I'm not well done, that's for sure. All right. I don't uh, – I I would rather not, you know, taste the ashes in my mouth. And so uh, – but, yeah, I, I like medium well. Um, you know, the sight of blood doesn't, you know, freak me out. But, uh, yeah, I like it to be a little more – a little more done, I guess. Um, all right. So, tell the golden world about yourself, Dakota. Well, I was born, raised, and still live right here in beautiful southeast Louisiana. Uh, I grew up in the sports world as well as in the church. Then, you know, the school I went to, as crazy as it sounds for high school, is K-12. Still is. Actually, it's pre-K-12 now. We're just east of Baton Rouge. Well, I graduated in, at the time what was the largest class in the school's history, class of 35. Uh, public school all the way and now I think classes run about 45 ish so it's still pretty big for us you know and it was a still is really girls powerhouse basketball school my uh, cousin's the basketball coach so I grew up instead of in the softball world I grew up in the basketball world so it's a little strange whenever I jumped into softball uh, because if there was anything else they'd jump into, it would have been probably basketball, you would think. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of the things. And I went to Southeastern Louisiana University and got my bachelor's there back in 2015. Yeah, 2015. It sounds like it was yesterday, to be honest, uh, even though it's been, what, five years now. That's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, just trying to – have as much fun as I can and do whatever the Lord wants as well. I hear you and I understand you completely. I actually uh, went to a school that was, uh, by the time I graduated, they were pre-K through 12. Uh, I graduated with uh, 28 total people. And I have the joke of uh, every time there's four or five of us in one room, I said, well, I'm glad we have half the class here. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's just uh it's you know 28 people hey we were a powerhouse in girls basketball and, and still are for the most part um you know our football team well you know um that they they're definitely struggling in the last few years or so um 
uh, when I was there, my, my high school, junior high year, we were pretty good. Um, but, you know, I, that's beside well, the point. I've yeah, got a so quick we're, fun we're, story for you. All okay. right. Sorry to cut oh, yeah. you off, man. All right. So talking about small schools and basketball and stuff, I mentioned that my cousin, she's my mom's first cousin, is the head uh, girls basketball coach down at the school and athletic director. She's won a bunch of state titles and stuff. So back whenever I was in the, I think it was second grade, maybe, 1997, they were, we were in a district with this town right next to us, Livingston. Well, their high school is called Doyle, Doyle High School. And both of us were powerhouse teams. Now, what made it interesting for me was my father's first cousin was a head coach over there. And it just so happened in 1997, we played each other for the state championship in Northeast Louisiana. So, you know, I was kind of stuck right there in the middle. So they made me a little shirt, a little split shirt that said hold oil. And it was just, you know, one of the small little things I'll always treasure and remember, you know. Hey, hey, that's cool, though. I mean, that's cool that they, uh, well, they, they made you a part of both, really. So, um, all right. So let's talk about, let's talk softball right uh i it's a game that i personally enjoy playing i'm not great at it but i think a lot of people enjoy playing um i think they you know i think it's one of those things that um more than anything it's probably become more of like a recreational uh type type deal uh people you know seem to be playing that a lot if they go to parks and whatnot but um you have you are over some serious competition uh and uh and you are over some some I'm assuming you've seen some some players, some great softball players come through uh, that, you know, dare I say, would probably, uh, you know, probably embarrass me a whole lot on the softball or on the field. But nonetheless, um, so what's it like being uh, both the youngest USA uh, softball state um, junior Olympic commissioner and the regional uh, junior Olympic commissioner in the country? Uh, and I guess also that answer, like, how did you get there? And you know, what your role is and what a day looks like for you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's fun, to be honest. A uh, little backstory on it, as crazy as it sounds, I didn't see my very first softball game until I was a freshman in college. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, especially with what I do now. I was always a sports official, and I was doing baseball as an umpire. And our signer, a good friend of mine, said, look, I know you don't know the rules on it yet, but I need you to get out there, call the bases at a scrimmage. Just help them get it, get through it. Uh, the home plate guy will take care of you. Let's get it done. So that was my really first foray into softball was getting thrown into the fire as an umpire. And I took the time after that. I really enjoyed the game, and I became a full-time softball umpire growing up. And back in 2013, uh, I was working for my athletic department there at Southeastern Louisiana. And the assistant coach, Erica Rodriguez, asked me, you know, if I would be interested in helping the team. Uh, she convinced her head coach to bring me on as their volunteer uh, director of softball ops. And one thing led to another. We were doing uh, a couple fundraising events. And the state commissioner for USA Softball, it was ASA Louisiana at the time, but USA Softball Louisiana now, Bill Skinner, uh, he loved my work ethic, loved what I was doing, and asked me, you know, hey, uh, the lady that's our junior Olympic commissioner hadn't been doing too good health-wise. She's in her 80s. 
and I would like to bring you on if you're willing to help us. And, you know, I just fell right into it and became, you know, really kind of, I guess the word you can say is kind of awestruck by it because I wasn't expecting it. And then now here I am. Um, I was the regional JO for a little bit there. It rotates in our region. And, you know, I oversee all the youth programs for USA Softball here in Louisiana. That's what the Junior Olympic Commissioner handles. So from the grassroots level all the way up to big stuff like you were mentioning. So I, I work with a league down literally in deep in the bayou down over, close to where Coach Ogeron from LSU was from. And I laugh and say, you know, that there's kids that go to this, this league and stuff down there that actually come in airboats because it's quicker than having to come on the highways. And then I have the big stuff where I have teams that travel to Oklahoma City, for instance, play in Hall of Fame Stadium up there, and a couple of the nationals. They, they travel all over the country. So, you know, it, it's just really fun. And going to what I do on a day-to-day -day basis and stuff, you know, we're a volunteer-driven organization. So I'm a volunteer. So one of the things I'm always trying to do is trying to work on my connections and trying to get events going. Because I know I don't have as much time really to concentrate on it because of my regular job. But at the same time, my passion and stuff, I'm always thinking about it. And I, I travel to the state a good bit. And if it wasn't for my family business, you know, giving me that opportunity to be able to travel and stuff and have that time that I need to be able to spend on the sport, you know, I, I don't know if I'd be able to do what I do. Uh, and I've been at two universities, uh, Southeastern Louisiana on the softball coaching staff there in 2014 and 15. When my head coach stepped down in 2015, uh, they're one of their biggest rivals, Nichols State, down in Thibodeau. Uh, the head coach called me up, asked me if I'd come join him and his staff, and I did that for a year. Um, I left because the 2016 floods hit here in Southeast Louisiana, my house. Uh, I take care of my grandmother here. We had about, I think it was two and a half feet of water in the house for about three days. So I moved home to really try to help rebuild everything. You know, it was a crazy time, but I'll say the softball world really stepped up and helped me and my family. And I'll always be grateful for that. And, you know, it's, it's led into so much more with USA Softball. I serve on a variety of different committees. I serve on the Junior Olympic Committee, which has oversight of all the youth programs in the country. For USA Softball, I serve on the National Playing Rules Committee and the Legislative Commission. So, you know, it, it varies on different things. One of the things that I've been working on the last couple of weeks has been our All-American Games for 12U Division. I've been working on that, traveling the state all last week. I went from up in northeast Louisiana, a place called Sterlington, which is about 20 minutes north of Monroe, all the way down to Lafayette area, which is in south center Louisiana little bit to the west to a little place called Crowley and then all the way back over here where I live at to do these all-american tryouts and we did that in a span of three days so you know it's been fun and I'm actually headed over on Wednesday night for a tryout in Madison Mississippi to help out my uh, colleagues over that way uh, so you know it can be kind of I don't want to say tiring at times because I have a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of energy and stuff but at the same time, you know, it's a lot of stuff to do and a lot of stuff to try to keep on my plate, making sure I'm trying to stay organized. I have severe ADHD, so 
I'm all over the place. And I always laugh and tell people, hey, you know, I may start talking about one thing, but my mind is right here as well. So just stick with me, you know. I I, but I hope that answers your question a little bit. No, it, it did. It, it answered it perfectly. I appreciate it. Um, so, well, you really answered the next question was, you know, kind of what, what it was like working for USA Softball. But I guess my question for you, too, is um, do, you, do you possibly get out there? Like, are you pretty good at softball yourself? Uh, you know? <laughs> no, I uh, believe it or not, I've only played the game once. And that was at a church function, a little fundraiser we were doing at my church. I uh, was also umpiring it, and I stepped out and got on the field to play a little bit, and a little fun thing about it was it was nice and hot, and we were doing it as a cancer charity game, and because it was so hot and muggy, my grandmother and different ones were out there, you know, watching the game, and it was, it was getting a little too hot for her, and she didn't want to leave, so I ejected her. Uh, that way, we knew she would have to go home, so I always get ragged about that, you know. What? Well, uh, I, I'm going to let Brad take over because that was great. All right, all right, Brad, you go ahead. Yeah, I don't think I've ever rejected a family member of mine, including my grandmother. Uh, it, it's pretty great. Uh, made me laugh pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, I, that's one thing I don't miss from Louisiana is the muggy days. Uh, it's, a little, it's more dry heat here, so I kind of like that. They're like, oh, it's humid here. I'm like, ah, it's nothing normal. No, yeah. Louisiana. But, uh, and yeah, talking about the floods, so when I was in seminary, I actually helped uh, in Mount Pelier, I think it was the community that we went That's to. That's literally about six miles north of me. Okay, yeah, so we went there and we're helping with some of the cleanup there uh, from the floods, and uh, it was really cool. Uh, I haven't been – that was the only time I've ever really been in that area, and so that was really neat just kind of get to know the community – uh, it, it was very small, but it, but it was cool nonetheless. And so uh, I'm glad you guys are doing better because those floods are, were bad. I have some friends that live in uh, Walker. I used, to, I used to live in some Walker County uh, or Walker Parish. Uh, but uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I used to parish. Parishes, but, uh, and yeah, I know, Walker's it, about 10 miles east, uh, west of me. Okay, yeah, I have some friends there that had some family members that had some really bad damage too. So I'm glad you guys made it out of there. Um, so – I, I live in Oklahoma City now, and if you go down to the Adventure District or, or 50th and 35, uh, the USA Softball Hall of Fame is right there. Uh, that is the place I want to take my daughter. I have two daughters. I, I do want to take them there. I worked for uh, Sports Information uh, at U- University of Tennessee at Martin. So let's say I think you did some scheduling work with them. Uh, but uh, and I, did, I was the guy that was kind of over to softball at the time uh, when I was here back in 2008 to 11. Uh, but anyway uh, – Coach Canary. Yes, Coach Canary, yeah, the winningest coach for UT Martin. So, uh, But either way, uh, I digress sometimes. But, yes, Coach, coach Canary, uh, great program, uh, really on the up and up. But uh, I plan on taking my two daughters to the softball uh, Hall of Fame, so I think it will be a lot of fun. I, I enjoy the game of softball. I think it's a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of uh, strategy that people don't realize go into it, just like baseball. Uh, but they're building – or sorry, they're not building. They're renovating the, the current Hall of Fame stadium. It looks like a new stadium, but they're they're just renovating it. Yeah. So, uh, when is do you know when that's going to be completed? And even if you don't, uh, what is there to be excited about with this new stadium? It's pretty much already completed now. Okay. Uh, it was a couple. It was a different phase operation, and the past two years they've been working on it really steadily. Uh, back in 2019, they or actually, I'm sorry. At 2018, right after the World Series, they really started getting construction 
really going. It, I believe it started the last week of June, beginning of July of 2018, and it carried all the way through until this year. They may still be doing a few things due to COVID and stuff, maybe getting pushed back a little bit, but all the pictures I've seen and video I've seen, it looks amazing and that it's pretty much done. I mean, it is just like you said, almost like a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I, whenever I first saw it, all the new stuff last summer, uh, because they, they had went in and completely demolished the main entrance area and the old press box and stuff that was really needing the upgrades to say the least. And whenever I first saw it prior uh, during last year's college world series, you know, it just took my breath away uh, because it's something that I guess the best way to describe it is almost like a, the outside of a major league stadium or something uh, with the brick fixtures and stuff. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And I knew that renovations wasn't complete. Uh, They, like I said, they just completed them. But the cool thing now is we've added, I believe it's 6,000 more seats with an upper deck. So, I mean, that just testifies to how much softball has really taken off, especially at the collegiate level and stuff and the amount of people that's come into Oklahoma City. I mean, every year the World Series is one of the most popular events in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally go to the Orange Bowl. Uh, I have tickets every year, so I try to go down there every year. Some years I'm not able to. I've been to – I work down at the Superdome, and I've been to all the different events, be it the Saints, LSU, what have you. This, the World Series itself, is just really – super awesome because it's more of a family affair Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest thing to me is because you see all the kids out there that are playing in youth tournaments around the area and stuff that brings them in I mean the atmosphere your kids and yourself would enjoy it so much uh, because it's everything that you could ever dream of of having and I mean I envy every one of the players that gets to go out on the field during the World Series because that's I mean I can't even imagine how fun and how many memories they're making off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I usually watch the College World Series on ESPN. I was going to try to try to go to a game because we're only about four and a half miles from the stadium. I was going to try to go to a game, but obviously COVID kind of put a halt to that. Um, and maybe we can potentially touch on that. We'll see. But uh, have you been to the College World Series before? Yeah, my first time going up there to the stadium was right after I became the junior Olympic commissioner. I uh, went up there in 2015 uh, to the World Series. The NFC and National Fast Pitch Coaches Association does a class every year up there. Okay. And at the time, it was a scouting class. So the head coach over at Southern University in Baton Rouge, he mm-hmm. and I went up there. We took the class together, which was really awesome. And we stayed the entire week, went to every session. And it was raining here, there, and yonder. and we got soaked a bunch, but after that, my mother, cousin, and her children, we all went up. Uh, the last time LSU was playing in it back, I believe it was in 2017, and we went up there, didn't have tickets, and luckily found some while we were up there, and it was just an awesome environment. Uh, my cousins, they're always telling me, hey, we want to go back. We want to volunteer to be in there to help as ushers or whatever because it's just such a fun environment. Mm-hmm. And then last year, our All-American Games, I mentioned, kind of butted up with the World Series due to the construction. Usually it's in August every year, 
well, the past two years, we've had to do it in June. And then last year, it was the weekend immediately following the World Series. So all the World Series decorations and stuff were up. I flew in on the Monday that UCLA ended up winning it. Oh. Uh, if they would have played that next day, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, it was a Tuesday is when I, I flew in. So if they would have played Wednesday, which I was kind of hoping was going to happen, that way I'd get two days of it in, you know. <laughs> but it, it was fun nonetheless. Yeah, and you say you're talking about how it's fun and stuff. Uh, for those who maybe have never been to a college World Series game, uh, at least for softball, um, but maybe would want to, like, what what are some what are the cool things about uh, not only uh, maybe being at that stadium, but just the environment, uh, you know, just the intensity that that comes with the game uh, being played in Oklahoma City, and none of it's all for you know the big the big trophy at the end. What what, what, why would people want to go to the College World Series to watch a game? I mean, if you want a fun-filled week uh, or even a fun-filled night, College World, the Women's College World Series is one of the best options you can have if you're in that area. And even if you're traveling in like I do from southeast Louisiana, I mean, it is just so much fun. They have all the games and stuff you would expect. You'd see maybe at a bowl game for football or stuff out front, uh, all the different vendors and stuff. Uh, but then also we have the Hall of Fame right there where our national office is. Then when you get inside, I mean, the different teams and stuff, they have their sections and stuff for whenever the games happen that all their fans come and sit at. And it's just, it's really hard to describe the intensity and how much fun everybody's having because it, it truly is a very unique thing. And I mentioned, you know, going all these other collegiate events and stuff, national championships. Uh, New Orleans is actually supposed to host the Final Four for women's basketball this year. The last time I was here, I think, was in 2013 or 14, and I was down there. That pales in comparison to the Women's College World Series. It is really one of the best events that you can take kids to, but also that you can actually find for the NCAA. It is just really, really awesome. Yeah, that's, that is really cool. And, and like I said, I'm hoping that at some point I can take my girls there. Uh, hopefully everything will be back to normal next spring, and that will be an opportunity that will happen. Uh, also, if you're ever in Oklahoma City, hit me up, uh, Dakota. Uh, I love the election. Absolutely. You're going to be here a lot. I'll be there this August. All right. Yes, sir. Well, I'll be here too. So that works out perfect. Um, but, uh, you know, the Major League Baseball and USA Softball just come into a new partnership. Can you kind of – and that's really to further the game. Uh, can you kind of – Talk about what that partnership looks like and what's the purpose of this uh, partnership? Yeah, well, it was kind of recently announced about it, but it actually took effect back in 2016 is when they really started it, uh, still at Nichols whenever it happened. And, I mean, Commissioner Manford, whenever he came in and took over, that was one of the biggest things on his agenda was expanding the game and growing it. And he knew the softball side was an excellent way to start doing it because let's face it right now in the sports world, you know, we see esports, different things that's coming up and it's getting kids away from going outside, getting them away from going to games and having that fun. I mean, baseball has always been called America's pastime and you know, it, it's getting to the point that it's hard to get kids and stuff interested in it, which is sad to see. So commissioner Manfred, joined forces with us and they using uh, Kim NG, who is, I believe she's over their community initiatives. 
and she's actually now on our national USA softball board of directors. Um, we opened that up and she's now on it. So we have different events like play ball, which is really freaking awesome because what we have is we can get these little bats and stuff, these little foam bats from uh, athletics and we can put it on anywhere. So they have little stations that set up. We teach them how to run, hit the bases. We teach them how to pitch. We teach them how to hit all these fun, different activities. They get the bat and the ball afterwards. Then another huge thing that came out of this partnership that I personally really, really love is these things called the breakthrough series and the elite development invitational. So what these are, they're events that uh, they've worked different areas of the country. Now they're both down in what's old Dodger town in Vero beach, Florida at the Jackie Robinson training complex. And as commissioners, one of the things that we get to do is we get to nominate different kids from here in our state to be potentially selected to go to these events. Uh, a couple years ago, I had down in the, uh, that Bayou town I was telling you about where we had two kids that, I mean, three kids that got selected. One of them went Memorial Day weekend back in 2018, I believe it was, over to California. Uh, and MLB paid everything. They flew her over there. They had chaperones for her. They put them up in the Renaissance, Los Angeles. They took them to a Dodgers game, took them on the field. They did a special panel featuring all these women that are in athletics allowing these kids to ask them questions, ask them how they got there, different things, and women empowerment. Then she got into, a, the little girl got into her hotel room, and on the bed was all these things. She had Under Armour cleats. She had a backpack. She had a batting bag. She had a new bat. All these things that were hundreds of dollars, the entire package. And then Jenny Finch was there, along with different Olympians and stuff. And Jenny personally delivered to them a new glove at the end of it. So, you know, it, it was really awesome. And then I had two kids that got selected to go down to old Dodger town and from the same area. So they went down there and that one lasted a full week. And they, I mean, they just had a blast and a little quick side note story on that one. Whenever the little girl came back from California, I just got word that two others had gotten selected from the same league because it's, you know, it's more for those that don't have these opportunities and rural areas, inner cities and different things. Well, this one little girl I found out uh, whenever we announced everything, I brought her on and I asked her mom, I said, Hey, do you think that maybe we can have her kind of show everybody different things and tell them about her trip? And then I can announce that we had two others that just got selected, kind of surprise them. And her mom loved the idea. Absolutely loved it. And so did the rec director down there. So we gathered all the kids up between games. And it was probably about 100 kids that were out there. And the little girl is showing them different things she had. So at the end of her little presentation, I asked, so who wants to go next time? Who would love to go do this? And they had already pointed out where the girls were. So I, I randomly selected the two that had actually gotten selected for the one in Florida and I brought them up and I asked them I said so why do you want to go 
and they gave their little reasons and stuff. And I said, all right, so why don't you call your mom up here and let's, let's see what they have to say about it. So the mom, one of them got up there and I said, so what kind of questions would you have if your daughter was selected that maybe the little girl's mom could answer about how it went for her? Because she was nervous about sending her daughter to California by herself. Even though MLB, the Academy in New Orleans, she traveled with them. And she said, you know, it was really amazing because of security and the safety they had for the athletes. And they made sure it was a safe, secure, fun environment for them, which kind of reassured these parents. And I noticed that one of the little girls, her mom wasn't there. And I asked her where she was. And she said, oh, she's at work. And I said, all right, understandable. So I said, thank you for coming up. So because I want to thank you for kind of getting embarrassed up here and answering these questions, I got a little bag for you and stuff. So I gave them two drawstring bags with USA softball on them. And I said, there may be something in them. So they opened them up and there were these certificates I made officially welcoming them and inviting them to the Elite Development Invitational. And now the crazy thing, I say the crazy thing, it, it goes to show you what the Lord can do. All right. I, we, the lady that wasn't there who was working, her daughter called her and we surprised the mama. And I said, what do you think? And she's like, thank you. Thank you. I mean, she was just, it was unreal. You know, she said, yes, take her, please. She wants to do it. And that was over the 4th of July weekend. Well, I was in the rec director's office right afterwards. And the lady, the mother of the child who went to California came in and she had a couple tears in her eyes. And I asked her, what's going on? She said, you have no idea how much this means to that family. The daddy had gotten killed by a drunk driver a couple weeks prior. The mother has having to work two jobs, trying to supplement their income now as a single mom. She had just mentioned that she may not be able to go on a family vacation because of it. The previous Monday, uh, whenever the little girl was actually in California, their family air conditioner went out. And it just so happened the morning that we did this, her car broke down. So she said, you know, you have no idea how much this means to that family. And that will always stick with me uh, because I, I couldn't help but shed tears on that. Because, I mean, how awesome is that? And I, I stood up in one of our national meetings whenever they were discussing the elite in, uh, development invitational and all these things. And the MLB folks were there talking to us about it. And I, I told them, I said, you have no idea how powerful of an impact this can truly have on these kids because it puts them in front of college coaches and different people, different former Olympians, current Olympians. And it's opportunities that these kids may would never, ever have. The kid that went to California, her mom told me that was the first time that she had ever traveled west of Louisiana. Uh, she was born in Virginia. Her dad's in the Coast Guard. So she got up, got to go to California for free. And the kids that went down to Florida, they took them to a Marlins game. And they got to walk on the field and stuff and be recognized there. You know, it's these awesome things that's come because of this partnership with MLB. And every year now, down at um, the All-Star game for MLB, we have a play ball event they do. But then also there's a competition that's absolutely free. It's called Hit, Pitch, and Run that different associations and stuff can put on. And it's a timing competition. Certain kids, whenever they win, they advance to sectionals, regionals, stuff. And as they advance along, they get to go to a major league park 
and get to compete there. And then all across the country, the ones with the best times, they get to go to All-Star Weekend. And MLB pays all of this. I mean, it's unreal the costs and stuff MLB is picking up on this. Flights, hotels, chaperones, everything. So, I mean, it's been a really awesome partnership that I'm blessed to be able to have a little bit to do with. And because of the impact and stuff it's having on the game. And now with the Stamp Insider Tour with the Olympic team, MLB is our big sponsor for it. And they announced that at our national council meeting back in November, that MLB had just stepped up and said, we're going to be your title sponsor. And I was talking to some of the athletes uh, during this COVID stuff, you know, we had to stop the tour. But I asked them, I said, what, what was it like, you know, looking down at your shoulder on the US, Team USA jersey and seeing the MLB logo on a patch right there? You know, because that, that can only be something that really sticks with you because that's on an official game uniform like that, at that kind of level, only MLB players really get to do that, you know. And to see female athletes like that getting to wear it, man, you can't beat that. Is that not awesome? Yeah, no, that is. That's really awesome. And and you mentioned the Stanley Sidehart Tour. I know that has to be rescheduled, Sally, due to COVID-19. But what, for the like, that's the first time I've heard about it when I was trying to just – Think about what you do and looking into what you're doing. And uh, what what is that? Like, what, what is the Stand Beside Her Tour? The Stand Beside Her Tour is the U.S. Olympic softball team going around the country, playing different teams, collegiate teams, and all-star teams, essentially. And we had to stop it this past year, or this year, due to COVID-19. The team was up in, I believe, Seattle, getting ready to play University of Washington when everything came to a stop. I was supposed to host them in Shreveport, Louisiana, up in north, the northwest corner. I always laugh and say they're on their own little island up there, almost in Texas. But they were supposed to play Louisiana Monroe and Louisiana Tech. So it, it was rough because I've been working on that for close to a year. And for it to get canceled like that was something. But they are in the process of rescheduling everything. Uh, I actually have a conference call later this week with everybody nationally. We're going to be discussing it, trying to find out what dates and stuff everybody has but they're going from corner to corner coast to coast in this country trying to bring team usa in because mm-hmm. you know baseball softball was taken out of the olympics after the 2008 olympics mm-hmm. and it's been 12 years now that we haven't been in we're not gonna be back in until at the earliest 2028 now after the tokyo they're still calling it the 2020 games you know 2021 now but you know that's a whole generational gap right there that we did not have it in the Olympics. And now that we're in the Olympics, but only for this cycle, I mean, it's like, this is just horrible. And because there's so many dreams and stuff, these athletes, these young kids, they get to see them out there playing, but they can't go into the Olympics. And Paris, unfortunately, uh, has the games in 2024. They, they replaced us with breakdancing of all things, as crazy as that sounds. So, for us to be able to take the Olympic team on tour, let them get to these communities, let kids be able to see them. It's really awesome. And, you know, it's nothing like knowing that, you know, this is team USA. This is who represents us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the national team every year, but this is the Olympic team. Mm -hmm. We left Japan, left China back in 2008 with a bitter pill to swallow, getting the silver medal. So we're going to Tokyo. Yeah, we lost to Japan. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to the heart of the lion's den right there in Tokyo, playing Japan. 
who took that gold from us, we hope to rip that gold right from under their feet and bring it right back to where it belongs here in the USA. Yeah, and that's that's awesome, and and I'm I'm excited to see it back in the Olympics too. Uh, you know, watching Jenny Finch and others that you know at that point really were on TV. Uh, it was pretty cool, uh, despite them losing to Japan. I, I remember that Olympics pretty well. Uh, but uh, the Stand with Us tour, or Stand Beside Her tour is that going to be streamed anywhere, or is it just going to be in cities? Yeah, uh, it depends on where they're at. Okay. Different locations have streamed it. I know I've I've watched a few of the games on ESPN. They had it on uh, the app and stuff. So watch ESPN uh, whenever they played the University of Florida. They played down in Clearwater several games. So right. it depended on the different locations. I know Shreveport, we weren't able to be able to stream it. We were at a rec parks where we were planning on doing it at because they didn't have a, a true stadium. We were going to bring in 2,000-some-odd seats around this field that they were redoing for us. Oh. So it all depends on where they're at. I know a lot of the colleges have contracts with ESPN. So they'll, it's up to them. I know I had talked to LSU about trying to host a game. We weren't able to come up to an agreement to be able to do it uh, because it is a little expensive to host it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we got to rely on those ticket sales and sponsorships. They were telling me how much it was going to cost if we were to try to stream it, and it was just astronomical. Mm -hmm. So it all depends on where you're at. But it, it's really fun. You can, I was watching the other night. They had a replay of uh, Team USA against, I believe, it, who was it? somebody on the west coast uh but yeah i mean it, it's really awesome yeah so so look that up to get a chance to listen to us uh hashtag stand beside her tour uh is how you can find it on social media uh surely through social media you can probably find out uh replays or, or other streaming services that are offering that i mean go check it out i mean we didn't get a chance to have the college world series uh, softball tournament we didn't get a chance to uh you know get to get to enjoy that or even baseball for that matter baseball is still on hold so if you want something but seeing a ball float across you know a home base and a bat being swung uh this is your opportunity unless you want to watch korean baseball so it's up to you um but in saying that uh dakota you are from louisiana i mean obviously you're, you're talking about how you're east of baton rouge uh i know from living in new orleans the saints are a very 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 close second to the LSU Tigers. Uh, LSU Tigers, you know, they, they, they run Louisiana. Uh, they won the national championship last year with Coach O. Uh, I had fun listening to him talk uh, at the Cookie Monster. It was great. Uh, actually, when I was in New Orleans, I had some friends that were from the Thibodeau area and stuff and had that Cajun accent. Really cool. But am I, uh, just, your, just uh, wanted to hear your thoughts on them winning the national championship and maybe even give the listeners a slight idea of where you think they'll finish uh, this year. Well, I mean, like you just said, you hit the nail right there on the head. Being in Louisiana, it's pretty much LSU or bust. <laughs> and going into the season, we knew that LSU was going to have a great team, as it was. Uh, a lot of people outside the state that weren't LSU fans discredited them. We knew we had a great quarterback. And when we made the run and stuff, it was just really awe-inspiring. And being able to see Coach O come in what, this is third or fourth year, be able to take the program to where it is. I work in the Superdome every, every big game and stuff in the concessions area uh, as a supervisor, and I got to be down there. And I've worked the 08 championship game, or really those seven against Ohio State. I didn't thank, – thank God I didn't work the Alabama-LSU game. Uh, I was out of town for that one, so I'm very excited that, that, I didn't work it. <laughs> but I, I did work this one. So it, it was really fun, and my mother and sister also worked it. So, you know, just to be able to be in that environment mm -hmm. was just really awesome. 
and there's nothing like the LSU crowd. I mean, I've been around the country, done different games, different places. I went with LSU a couple of years ago. Uh, they played Notre Dame over at Citrus Bowl in Florida. Oh, yeah. And that, that was really fun because, like you mentioned with the Saints and stuff, how passionate the fans are. It just so happened that on December 31st of that, that year, LA, uh, the Saints were playing at Tampa. And then the next day, right down the road in Orlando, LSU was playing Notre Dame. So I gave my family tickets to both games. And it was kind of crazy because here we are. We're in Tampa supporting the Saints, who ended up losing that game. Uh, was, I think their last regular season game. So I was a bit disappointed in it. But it was beautiful looking out over Tampa Bay and stuff. Nice, crisp, 80 degrees, awesome breeze. Well, that night a front came through. So when we was at the LSU game the next day, it was in the 30s. And it was cold. I mean, it was just freezing. It was miserable. Mm-hmm. And we was trying to stick in. And, I mean, game obviously wasn't going our way. So we ended up leaving in the mid-fourth quarter because it was just so cold. Mm-hmm. And the Notre Dame people were like, oh, this is nothing. And we're, we're sitting there, yeah, come down. Let's talk about the heat <laughs> in the middle of July and how you handle that one, right? Yeah, yeah, for real. That's that's awesome. And, uh, you know, it, it's really cool, Coach O, being a Louisiana boy, being able to take the, the program that he loves and adores to national championship. Pretty sweet. Uh, that was pretty cool. I'm, I've been to an LSU game, and I've heard a lot of people say, where, where has been your favorite place? I've been to Norman. I've been to Tennessee. I've been to Auburn. I've been to LSU. And LSU on a Saturday night, I mean, I'm not an LSU fan, but I went when they played, uh, I guess, Mississippi State, Joe Burrow's first year. Uh, they played Nick Fitzgerald's last year. Uh, and it rained that night, but before the rain, uh, they hear 110,000 people singing uh, Louisiana Saturday Night by Garth Brooks, which is uh, it insane. It was insane. It's like, man, if we can just imagine heaven being like this, you know, singing praises, that's great. Uh, but, man, it's, it, it is truly uh, a great, great, great college football atmosphere. And, so, and, you know, one of the crazy parts about Baton Rouge and LSU football is that you're going to get a, all 103,000 into the stadium. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the same thing outside the stadium that don't oh, have tickets yeah. watching the game tailgate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we had to walk like a mile and a half, two miles to the stadium, and it was nothing but RVs and tents. And, and, and I mean, they were tailgating uh, all throughout the campus. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was probably one of my favorite sports experiences I've been a part of. My other one, uh, I got to see Drew Brees being sacked by – or not, not Drew Brees, Cam Newton being sacked uh, on fourth down and I think like 13 when they were playing them in the playoffs a couple years back. Uh, and that was another I – mean, New Orleans, I'm telling you, like, Louisiana is just a crazy place. Uh, but they make the, you know, the game environments awesome. So, And, you know, and the thing about LSU also is that it's not just football. I mean, baseball in the spring. Oh, the box, yeah. The following, I mean, there's nothing like Alex Box. I believe it's one of the largest, if not the largest, collegiate baseball stadium, purpose-built stadiums. Mm-hmm. And then Tiger Park is right next door for the softball. Mm-hmm. And it's packed every time and I mean the RVs are out there constantly because the fans are just having a blast Mm -hmm. and it's it's pretty much it you can pretty much call it a family reunion to an extent because (laughs) that's how close everybody is yeah Um, and it's through their shared love of of LSU and one of the best things that always say about LSU fans yeah we'll we'll tiger bait you and all these things but you know what you come on over, you can have some some of the tailgate food. We're going to be Southern hospitality. We're going to show you exactly what it means. And that, to me, is one of the coolest things. As rowdy as we can get, 
hey, come on over. We'll pat you on the back. You can get some meat. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, unless you're an Alabama fan, that is no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, even going to the stadium, we were being offered jumbo, uh, gumbo, and and jambalaya, and all kinds of stuff. So it is really cool. So if you're listening out there, make put it on your bucket list. Go to a game at Death Valley, even if you're not an LSU fan. It's great. Um, so we got a couple more. We got like two more questions. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, I've really enjoyed my time talking to Dakota. Uh, you know, more enjoyably. Uh, I like talking about uh, Christ and what he's done in my life and, and, and hearing about what he's done in other lives. Uh, you mind giving us like a, a three to five minute long uh, yeah. of how Christ has worked in your lives? I mean, I mentioned earlier that I grew up in the churches. My parents, our family business, we do sound lighting, multimedia in churches around the country, around the world, really. My father's done some stuff over in Nigeria before. And I grew up in that environment and traveling the country, different conventions and stuff. Well, you know, I became a Christian back in 1996. I was getting ready to go into second grade and at vacation Bible school. So it's been quite a little while, but I've always been very active in my faith. And I always laugh to say I, I carried on my shoulder. Those that want to know about Christ, I'm going to share it. And I noticed your I am second bracelet. Usually I'll have that on. Uh, mine broke recently. I got to order some new ones. But, you know, my faith has carried me through so many different things that I've been able to rely on it. It's been awesome. And whenever I was at Nickel State, for instance, I mean, this is just one of them stories that is unreal and it just shows you the power of God. I'm sitting in my office. Two of our athletes came in, was talking to my head coach right next door in his office. And they were mentioning how the soccer coach at the time, uh, the assistant, wasn't going to be able to do the FCA that year. She was stepping down because she had just gotten pregnant and stuff. So nobody else was stepping up. So they weren't going to have the FCA that year. Well, me, FCA is important. And whenever they said that, all of a sudden, it was like somebody right behind me just shoved me into my desk and took my breath out. And I knew there was nobody behind me because it was this big shelf and wall right there. And, you know, I immediately knew Hey, dummy, yeah, you listening? You got to go ahead and uh, say you're going to take this over. <laughs> so I called the athletic director and he let me take it over. I let our student athletes there on the softball team head it up for me. And it was student run. And it was just really awesome. We grew that thing tremendously on Monday nights. Then my team was so faith driven that this is something I'm, I'm beyond proud about. Uh, I was headed home after Thanksgiving one day. And it's about an hour and a half trip from Thibodeau up to my house. So I'm on that trip home and an idea occurred to me, you know, because all our girls are in FCA, all these things. But, you know, a lot of them are wearing the I am second bracelets. And I said, you know, I wonder if there's a way that we can do something as a team towards that effect, showing that faith, you know. So I knew that there's a lot of uh, fun stuff that happens in the world with whenever a public school and stuff has anything with their faith, you know. So I talked to one of our athletes and she was a catcher. And I said, Hey, look, I've got this awesome idea that I think you may like. I said, what if, you know, you go to coach and ask him, Hey, is there any way we can get a little small patch or something that put on our uniforms, you know? And she, she absolutely loved the idea. So she went to the head coach and he loved it. She went, met with her teammates. We did it to where nobody was pressured into it. If the little secret ballot thing, if anybody would put no, then we weren't going to do it. It was unanimous. Yes. 
So I contacted I am second because we decided to do stickers. And they said they didn't have anything like I was wanting because we were going to put it on the batting helmet. They said nobody had ever asked us to be able to do this. We think it's an awesome idea. Give us a couple days. We're going to get you something made up. So they sent me the EPS on it and shipped it off to uh, the catcher's mother actually works for a company over in Georgia. And they donated, I think it was 100 stickers. We put them on the helmets. And our, our pitchers kind of felt a little left out, you know, because they don't bat. So they put them on the back of their cleats. So it was I am second. And, you know, our mission statement that year was, you know, whenever people would ask us, what does that mean? You know, it had so many different meanings. I'm, I'm second to my team. But most importantly, I'm second to God. And that was just one of the proudest moments I've ever had with a team and stuff was to be able to do that. But God, like I said, has just put these different things right there in front of me. And it's all about pretty much, you know, accepting that this is what he wants me to do. I'm always praying. Uh, it's like a friend of mine. She's a collegiate coach up in Mississippi. She broke her hand and she's been helping me with these tryouts. Well, with her hand being broken stuff, she's not able to do as much as she can or used to, uh, especially since it's her throwing hand and stuff. And when we're at these tryouts and things, I've seen her try to pick up balls and stuff. And, you know, I told her a little bit ago on Snapchat, I said, you know, it, it pains me to see how miserable you are. But, you know, she has so much faith in God and stuff, just like me. We're constantly praying and stuff that we know that he's going to pull her through it. And that's what it's all about to me. Yeah, that's really cool, and uh, that's encouraging. I, yeah, I love I Am Second. Uh, he he is greater than I. That organization as well is, is a great organization, uh, and it's been cool. I mean, I had a Yo Soy Segundo in Spanish uh, bracelet, and I actually got to share the gospel with a, a, a co-worker of mine in New Orleans who is Hispanic. Uh, he said, yo, I saw that you, you have I Am Second on yours, and I was like, oh, and he said, yeah, Yo Soy Segundo, I Am Second. Uh, I was able to share the gospel with him, so it's, it's really cool, uh, and that that's that's super encouraging that you were able to do that. There's also a, a softball one. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Church on the Dirt. Uh, a couple of our national team athletes, Janie Reed, Audrey Monroe, Michelle Moultrie, they all joined together. And Patty Gasso there at Oklahoma mm -hmm. and a couple other ones. This awesome thing where they have different events and stuff where they go and they share their testimony. They do softball clinics stuff. But you can download their app and they have devotionals. And it's just really awesome. I'll listen to it occasionally whenever I'm going down the highway. If I'm on a long road trip, I'll turn that devotional on. It lasts 30, 40 minutes, but it's really awesome. And I encourage the listeners, download that app because there's so much stuff on there whenever you're headed to like a softball game on a Sunday. You know, you can actually still do your devotional and stuff because it's centered around the game itself. And, I mean, it's just awesome way that our national team athletes are jumping into the fray saying this is what we believe in. And we're not afraid to show it. And one more time for our just over the Robert. What is that uh, ministry called again? Church on the Dirt. Church on the Dirt. Okay. Well, thank you, Dakota. I, I appreciate it. I'm going to change our long-winded conversation back to Robert as he finishes up. So, thank you, sir. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed just hearing more about softball. I think I've actually got, like, more interested in it. And, I think it's I think it's one of those things. I think it's a fast growing. Um, obviously, it's a sport that's been around a long time, but I think it's fast growing. You know, um, and I think the interest in it is is definitely rising uh, to a new level. And and you're right there at the forefront of it. Um, you know, coming on the podcast today, um, I know that we're going to have listeners who 
uh, are going to be more interested in, in softball and uh, more interested in playing and watching. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just interested altogether. And, yeah, the, by the way, taking, taking softball and baseball out for breakdancing, that's, that's – yeah, that's ridiculous. Anyways, let's end this with uh, any advice uh, – which what advice do you, would you have for someone that is trying to reach uh, their dream in the sports world, you know, be it a, uh, a junior Olympic commissioner in softball, a softball player um, for the USA, you know, just anything like that? You know, before I became the commissioner, I mentioned I worked in my school's athletic department there at Southeastern. And I literally did so much there. I started off, like I said, as a sports official. And this older gentleman, Mr. Harold Rogers, came up to me at one of our full peewee football games on Saturday and said, hey, would you like to come and run the clock at Southeastern basketball games? Because they needed officials to be able to do it. I said, absolutely. One thing led to another. And through perseverance and my hard work, that associate athletic director, Mr. Andrew Bishak, invited me to start doing scoreboard, start doing all these different things in the department over the years. He asked me one summer, he said, do you know what a line judge is in volleyball? I've never seen a volleyball game in my life. I played it in PE, but that's nothing compared to the real thing. I said, yeah, I know what it is in football. Is it similar? <laughs> and he's like, no. So I learned it and started doing it for a few years. Then one thing led to another, and I ended up on the softball staff. I, I ran to change at football and different things. But the whole purpose of me mentioning all that is it takes knowing people, getting those connections, and going out of your way to show people how much you care about things, showing them your hard work, helping whenever you need help. Because I started off as a student worker, but then I volunteered doing all these other things. And when I was on the softball staff at both Nichols and Southeastern, I was a volunteer. And yeah, it, it can be rough, but you know what? My perseverance and hard work, it, it just leads right through. And there's been so many people that have helped me along the way that, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank them all the time. And that is just one of the biggest things that I can't stress enough is remember where you came from. Always remember where you came from. Because the minute you don't is the minute you're going to get pushed right back down there. Because it's, it's weird how the world works, but the Lord is awesome. And you just got to listen and trust in what he's telling you to do. And the minute you run from it is the minute that he's going to catch right back up and remind you, uh, you do realize this isn't a two-way street. This is a one-way street, and I'm telling you what you need to do. And otherwise, things may get a little bit interesting for you. But it's, it's a journey. And that, to me, is a testament to, like I said, hard work, perseverance, but also just getting out there and meeting people. Because I never would be where I'm at if I wouldn't met the commissioner for state of Louisiana, Bill Skinner. I never would be where I'm at if it wasn't for Erica Rodriguez in softball and Pete Langwa, the head coach at the time, you know, having the faith and trust in me and me going out of my way to help them different things. Same thing at Nickel State. Coach Angel Santiago and his assistant, Jessica Seaman, you know, that's what it's about. So I encourage the listeners, get out there, volunteer. I mean, yeah, it seems to me nowadays that the almighty dollar is kind of starting to take over a lot of things. And that's one thing I love about USA softball. We're volunteer driven. And that to me is really, really awesome to be able to say, because we are the national governing body of softball. So we have to lead by example. And boy, do we.
And that is an amazing way to end the show. Dakota, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Brad and I both do. And uh, listen, as USA softball continues to gain interest, uh, we'll continue to have you on. Uh, because one day, I, I, I fully believe that one day they'll be as big as the MLB. Um, and yeah, I, I truly believe that. So Dakota, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll talk to you again. I definitely appreciate y'all. And one stat I'm going to throw at you real quick before we get off. Softball is one of the fastest growing sports in the world. And believe it or not, there are over 100 countries that play it now. I mean, Africa, Botswana, I've never even heard of Botswana. They have a team. I mean, so it's really awesome. And then there's a new version of baseball. Uh, it's a crazy version. And it's more for inner cities and things. It's called Baseball 5. Go look it up and, you know, Tell me what you think. Send me a text and let me know what you think because it's going to be interesting, but it's something that the WBSC, the World Baseball Softball uh, Confederation, is working on. So, But thank you again for having me on, guys. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, it's been something I've been looking forward to. Thank you again, Dakota. We will talk to you again soon. Awesome, man. Thank you all. Y'all have a good one. Welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and more. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in your comments. And go rate us and give us reviews on any other podcast site you listen to. Again, thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed this week's episode.